What's up, podcast, and welcome to another episode of In Between. Before we get into the episode, I wanted to go into some stats of the podcast. I like to be fully transparent like this. I think it's really cool to know how far along, you know, your favorite show has come. So since starting back in September, September 16th, we're just a few listens away from 300 across seven platforms. Now, these platforms include but are not inclusive to Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, and Radio Public. I need to say this because I don't say it enough, even though it's at the end of every episode. Thank you so, so much. It means the world to me. I love stats. I'm obsessed with them, but I don't let them define what I do here. To me, the stats only show me that people are interested. If that number was one, I'd be like, cool, one person finds my stuff intriguing. Even if people didn't listen, I'd still be pumping out content because I just like to do it. Now that that's out of the way, hope you find the stats interesting. Let's get into the show. What's up, podcast? Welcome to another episode of In Between with your host, Marco Atanasi. On this Friday morning, Friday, November 16th, 2018, I want to talk about, or more so piggyback off of a post I made on November 12th. Um, Less of a post, more of an actual podcast episode. And that episode was that employees and people in general will conform to anything as long as it promotes their own success. So that's really just fancy wordsmithy kind of talk for give incentive, incentivize something, right? I completely understand and have empathy towards the reason why incentivization exists because you can be the owner and CEO of a company and take on an initiative because you're the owner. You care more than everyone else. You should not expect other people to care as much as you do or more than you. The guy you know, putting away product for $14 an hour does not care as much as you do. That is something that you need to really let sink in. The guy who trains your clients for you in the gym for $30 an hour does not care about your company's brand as much as you do. He is just trying to be who he is. And he is just trying to, you know, make a living or earn a little bit of extra income on the side. So today, what I'm I'm using to piggyback with is 
I guess sort of a tactic that you can use, you know, like, like incentivizing things. So I, I, I don't know where I heard this from, uh, but it's just, it's stuck with me for like forever. I heard once, it's really hard to herd cats, but it's easier to move their food if you want to move a group of cats or a litter of whatever, right? You get it. I mean, if you've ever tried to pick up cats or whatever, like some of them are just so timid and want nothing to do with you, but when they're hungry and you're the one with the food, wherever you go with the food, they'll go. So I think about it like this. I was, I was speaking with the founder of a furniture company right here in Toronto. And they're, they're, they're a pretty mature, uh, they're a pretty mature company. Like they're, they're, they're by no means a startup. They, they, are, a sm they are a SME, uh, a small to medium size enterprise. And he was saying to me how he, he just wishes that his employees would uh, pay attention more to Facebook, invest more in Facebook. Um, and so I gave him the whole, well, you know, they, they, they just don't care as much as you do. Like you can't expect that from them. Um, you own the business and they have no equity. Right? If they had equity, like some companies do, it would be a different story. They would probably act a lot differently, right? But what I told them was, if you, like, if all of your, you know, sales reps, you want, you want to be using Facebook and to be taking advantage of Facebook, like the entire company is, what you should be doing is instilling bonuses, incentivizing based on how much Facebook they use to generate business, to generate leads, right? It's, I mean, it's a, it's a deceptively sh uh, simple tactic, but it's actually something that works. The company I work for, it was bought by their now parent company and what the parent company brought in was something that they is is very uh, unique to them. Uh, and I know I'm being very vague. Um, it's just for for certain reasons these names cannot be. I I just don't want to say the names. So just to avoid any uh, any trouble or. Um, you know, you're, you're just going to have to stick with me here for this example. So this parent company brought in a practice, a policy, a tactic that they use for their businesses. They're a huge holding company. It's called profit sharing. So what happens is at the end of the year, every company and e each of these, you know, sister companies um, they'll have, you know, branches or they'll have, you know, franchises or whatever. Each franchise at the end of the year 
however much money, you know, net income the business basically has, that actually gets distributed among the team. And it is up to the manager's job to forcibly rank who gets how much and why. Right? So that was a huge game changer for the company I work for because suddenly, suddenly people who were just complacent with their, with their job suddenly turned into money-hungry sharks. I mean, granted, some people, some people remained the way they were, right? Because that's just who they are. But other people really pounced on the opportunity. So it does work. I, I see it in my workplace. But the ultimate truth, and the reason why I say some people just remained complacent is because at the end of the day, no matter how much incentivizing you do, some people will just not stick to it. They just won't vibe with it. And the reason why is because they don't actually like what they're doing. Of course, there's a limit, a financial threshold where they change their mind. You know, I'm sure if the incentivization was a million dollars, all I need you to do is focus on Facebook for, uh, for the whole year. I am sure that their minds would change. But if it's a matter of $10,000 at the end of the year, a year is a long time, especially to people who don't like what they're doing. And as an employer, as a manager, as an executive, that is really up to you to have that conversation. Like if you, if you aren't aware of what drives your employees, or if you don't have someone from human resources, like, you know, a CHRO who is, you know, deep in that knowledge, then, you know, it might be too late. It might be too late. You might roll out the program and you, you just won't see results. And then ego and emotion gets in the way, you know? So you have to have that conversation first. And you have to know, you have to, you have to be like 99% sure that the people who, who, you know, work for your business are, you know, will take to this new program. <laughs> Excuse me. I apologize for that. And it's a real shame for, uh, for those who, you know, who are complacent with their job. Um, I, think, I think something very motivational um, and a, like a way that you can kind of leave on a good note with this person, you know, if it were to get to that point where 
your employee is basically saying, you know, I'm just not happy. Like, uh, like I don't feel fulfilled where I am. Like, um, I don't see any chance for me to move up. Uh, you know, as an employer, there's no chance for them to move up. A great piece of advice to them is just, listen, if I can, def- like, if you want to win in life, if you want to be happy in life, because ultimately happiness is the variable of success and winning. You need to figure out what it is you like to do and what you would want to do if you could do it for the rest of your life, every day, 365, 24-7. Clearly that is not working at the paper mill factory. So, I will fully support you in your search. Um, you know, I, I, I believe in some pretty controversial things. Like, like if I ever had to, had to have that conversation, I would literally, I would literally fund that person's search for what do I want to do? Like, I, I would literally give them like three months severance or something. Like something absolutely bananas, but like, or sorry, not three months, like three, uh, yeah, sorry, three months. Because I, I just, I just have so much, it's like, it's like parenting really. Like, like just because someone joins your agency, your business, your company, whatever, your organization, your non-for-profit, it doesn't mean that they are like, like, okay, you know, once you sign this, uh, this offer, you know, here the 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 uh, you know the ankle chains come on. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, eventually your kids grow up, and they rebel against you, or they figure out, oh, smoking weed is not what I want to do for the rest of my life. I actually want to like, I actually want to just work, work at BMW. <laughs> Or, oh, damn, I really didn't want to work at BMW. I actually really want to try construction. Like, things always change, right? Your employees right now will not be the same employees that you hired 10 years from now. And it's shocking how many employers actually don't realize that or don't think that's even a possibility. They think that once you're in the machine, that's it. You're in the machine. Do not be naive. Do not be romantic about who you are or what your company is or what your brand is. You work for your employees. Your employees do not work for you. And that is not just a fluff, um, fluffy statement or, you know, something that I hold dear to my heart. I do, but I also believe it. And, you know, given the time, given the times that I've been in managerial positions or positions of authority, I really wished that I knew what I knew now back then because I would have treated people a hell of a lot better. Not that I've never treated people well, it's just there's always so much more you can do for people. And I don't, I like, 
you know, yes, there, there is that fear of creating an environment of over-coddling and entitlement. I get that, but I just find that it's much better to build a honey empire than an empire built on vinegar. So if I'm gonna leave today with any punchline, if I'm gonna leave you today with anything, it's that winning defined simply is doing what you love to do, doing what you wanna do. That's it. It is very black and white to me. I've said this before and I'll say it again. Life is very black and white. We, as humans, complicate life. It's not that complicated, people. Change your mindset, change your perspective, change your life. Stop dwelling, stop making excuses, and stop complaining. Own your truth, own the situation, own your circumstance. gain perspective, gain self-awareness. This has been your in-between for Friday, November 16th, 2018. I'm your host, Mark Latanasi, and I will speak with you tomorrow morning. Smile. It's a beautiful day. Podcast, thank you so much for listening to today's In Between. Remember to give this episode, and that podcast for that matter, a like, share, favorite, applause, or whatever algorithm the platform you're listening on favors the most. If you love the podcast and my truth, go ahead and check out my Instagram at officialmarcoatanasi, Twitter at Italian Merchant, SoundCloud at Marco Polo, and my LinkedIn at linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash M-A-R-C-O dash A-T-T-A-N-A-S-I. Whatever your truth is, don't be afraid of it, ashamed of it, or embarrassed by it. And most importantly, do not give your two thoughts about what other people think of it. In other words, own your truth. I'll see you next time.